This is the Flying Field Podcast. The Flying Field Podcast is a service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field blog. This is episode 123. It's already Christmas. This episode was produced the week of December 8, 2013. Hello, modelers, and welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. The papers have been full of ads, and the stores have had their Christmas decorations out since Halloween, all signs that we're rapidly approaching the end of the year. With the expansion of the holiday music and decorations to pre-Thanksgiving, for me, it's hard to get serious about the end of the year until I actually see December on the calendar. I hope you have a good start on your holiday planning and shopping with lots of RC stuff on your list for Santa. In this edition of the Flying Field Podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of items you might want to add to your list and finish up with a review of some handy tips and tricks to help you enjoy the hobby a little bit more, along with a couple of events to look forward to. So, let's get started. Several of the guys at my flying field have stumbled upon some small but fast foam models that they're having a lot of fun with. They are the Fun Fighter series of models from Hobby King. The models have a wingspan of about 600 millimeters, which is just under 24 inches. The models come almost ready to fly with motors, ESCs, and servos. You need to provide an 850 to 1000 milliamp hour 3 or 4 cell LiPo battery and a receiver. There are several different airplanes in the series with prices that vary a little from about $80 to $100. Here's a quick list of a couple. There's a Sea Fury, a Mustang, a P-40 Warhawk, a Rare Bear Racer, and an F-4F, among several others. They come with a 5.5 by 4.5 pitch prop, which makes them move right along. Of course, with some of the folks at my field, there's always room for modifications. In this case, most have taken an APC 6 by 5.5 prop and shortened it to about 5 and 3 quarters inches long. This 5 and 3 quarters by 5 and a half prop makes these little birds just scream. With enough room in the cockpit for a little GPS photo geotagger, we've clocked the Sea Fury at 134 miles per hour and the Mustang at 125. It's a real hoot when four or five of them do a simultaneous hand launch and do a little rat racing. Wow! Those little models do tight turns and wicked straightaways. Now with 1000 milliamp hour batteries, they don't fly long like that, but they're still very interesting for both the pilots and the spectators. Since they are so small, care is needed when setting them up. The correct CG and control throws are a must. The good news is that with the EPO foam, crashes are easy to fix. One crash resulted in a severed nose, and within about 20 minutes, it was up flying again, just as fast as ever. If these little speed demons sound interesting to you, please drop by the show notes for this podcast at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com and click on the Hobby King ad of the one of your choice. I'll get a couple of pennies of credits for the referral. Also getting some marketing this season is a new line of planes by FlyZone called 
Air Corps. These models are also small foam models with wingspans of about 22 inches. Currently, some of the models are not yet in stock with delivery dates running from January to March. Tower Hobbies has the high wing trainer and a couple of Mustangs with different paint jobs in stock now for $45. What makes these models unique is the way they are powered. Instead of each model having its own motor, ESC, receiver, and three servos, the core of the air core system is a long, narrow set of rails with those components already affixed. You simply slide the tray into the fuselage of the model you want to fly and it snaps in place. The servos have control rods with magnets on the ends that link with the opposite poled magnets on the control rods in the model. Thus, once you have the core of the air core system mounted, you're ready to go. Being a FlyZone and HobbyCo product, it uses the Tactic brand transmitter or transmitter module. The whole thing is powered by a two-cell 250 milliamp LiPo, which is sold separately. Tower has the core for 60 bucks. This kind of power system isn't going to give you the speed of the Fun Fighter, but by the looks of things, it should be a nice backyard or park flyer. Now, if you visited the Flying Field blog or my rcplaneviews.com website, you know I've gotten several Dynam models over the past couple of years. Sitting in my garage right now is one of their fairly recent releases, a Waco biplane. I'm planning the video build log for that one now, and with any luck, I should be working on that within a couple of days. My other videos are on my YouTube channel. You can search for my name, Jim Mohan, to find them. I'm also saving my pennies to be one of the first in line for the new Dynam ME110 that there have been some rumors about for the past couple of months. The 110 has always been an interest of mine. It just seems like those medium-sized twin-engine planes have been an attraction. Most of the multi-place twin combat aircraft were just leaving the Air Force inventory when I graduated from pilot training, so I chose a B-52. Like I said, multi-engine, multi-crew airplanes have just been an attraction for me. In any case, I've got my eyes peeled for the ME-110. Maybe at the AMA Expo next month. Hmm. As promised, to finish up our last podcast of 2013, We'll take a look at some tips and tricks I've collected during the past year. They've come from a variety of sources, including some magazines, message threads, conversations, and my own ideas. Have you ever wondered why someone still feels it's necessary to throw a telephone directory on your driveway? Well, I found a great use for the smaller local directories. They're great for mixing epoxy. I usually don't use much epoxy. So when I need to mix up a few drops, I just pour the resin on the top page and add the hardener and mix it with a toothpick. When I'm done with the repair, I just tear off the top two pages or so and toss them in the trash, leaving a clean page on top ready for the next mix. The little mixing cups aren't expensive, but the directories are free. Next up is a good idea for keeping servo connections tight. Long leads on larger models are not uncommon. If you're like me and would prefer not to cut off the connectors and directly solder the wires together, this might be right up your alley. I was recently at Harbor Freight and noticed a set of a variety of fairly large diameter heat shrink. One of the smaller rolls in the set was just the right size to fix over a servo and servo extension connection. 
using the heat shrink around the joint provides a secure and inexpensive way to keep the two ends connected. LiPo batteries are great, but take some care and have to be safely disposed of. One tip I use is to use a lamp from a car. I've used an old trailer harness and a club member recently showed me a nice headlight he had enclosed in a small case with alligator clips on wires connected to the filament leads. When a LiPo gets beyond its useful life or when it's dangerously puffed, you can simply attach the alligator clips to the battery leads and completely discharge it. You can check the voltage with a voltmeter to make sure that the battery is spent before taking it off the lamp. The fact that the lamp is out doesn't necessarily mean the battery is discharged. It will still provide resistance though, even though the filament isn't glowing. As with any LiPo activity, do this outside, away from flammable materials. Last is a gadget recommendation I've talked about before. If you don't have one, put a watt meter on your holiday gift list. These little tools are a must-have for any serious electric modeler. You can probably get by without one if all you fly are completely stock foam ARFs or ARFs that come with motor, ESC, and props. But the minute you start thinking about changing out the motor or changing the props for a bit more performance, the watt meter becomes your best friend. Just the other day, a club member ended up with a hard landing when he added a new prop and decided to just see if it works. Well, it didn't. The motor smoked and he dead-sticked it into some brush. It's not only the ESC that will fail with too many amps. Motors and batteries all have limits. The watt meter is your way to ensure that you stay within those limits. Watt meters simply install between the battery and the ESC. Most have four-part displays that show voltage, amps, watts, and milliamp hours. The amps reading will help ensure that the system is working within the specs, and the watt reading will help you determine what kind of performance you can expect to get from your setup. And oh, by the way, Flying at less than full throttle does not really help. Castle Creations, the maker of top shelf ESCs, has a good article explaining the engineering of the ESC and why throttle position may show reduced amps on the watt meter, but the full amperage is still flowing through the ESC. It's worth the time to look it up and read it. It's in the facts section under the support tab on the Castle Creations website. Let's take a couple of minutes now to look forward to a couple of events. Here in the West, two big events are right around the corner. First is the AMA Expo in Ontario, California. It's scheduled for January 10th through 12th at the Ontario Convention Center. I've been to the last couple and they are a great weekend getaway if you're within striking distance. And for that matter, it's great even if you aren't. There are hundreds of exhibitors highlighted by big names in RC showing the latest planes, products, and gadgets. The AMA leadership is also there, each taking a turn in the hot seat in the middle of the floor to chat with members. Special speakers round out the event. There are several nice hotels within an easy drive and a couple of big malls and shopping areas too. Take your sweetie. Oh, and don't forget the Plains of Fame Museum in Chino. It's only about 20 minutes away via the back roads. It's a world-class museum and it's fun to go back to the expo and see the scale versions of the airplanes you just saw full size. 
The next event is the Arizona Electric Festival in Apache Junction on the far east end of the greater Phoenix area. This too is a great flying event. If you believe in the saying, the third time is the charm, this will be a great event. The last two events lost some flying to either high winds or rain. This year should be perfect. The club that sponsors this decade-old event does an outstanding job. The event pulls pilots from around the country. It's held January 23rd through the 26th. Well, that brings us to the close of another Flying Field podcast. Links to the products mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com. Check on the podcast category on the right side of the page. This was episode 123. Until next time, happy modeling and fly safe.